right. Welcome to the Jason in the House podcast. I appreciate you joining me. Give us uh, sharing a little bit of your time. Uh, you're going to like this interview. You may not know this person. Um, maybe you do. Maybe you're like, you know, his brother or something. But uh, Congressman Mike Collins out of Georgia is going to be joining us here on the Jason in the House podcast. Um, it's fairly new to Congress, but I got to tell you, he's got one of the uh, one of the better X feeds, I guess it's what we call the old Twitter, uh, fairly entertaining. So if you go find him out there, Congressman Mike Collins, uh, you're 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 going to smile. You can't help but watch his Twitter feed or X feed and not just smile. But you know what? He, he comes from an interesting background and never really chatted with him before. Never, never met him. And you know, once upon a time, I served in Congress, but he uh, he came along fairly recently and Given a you know, given some service to his country and and uh, you know, uh, representing the good people of Georgia, at least part of Georgia, and uh, so we're going to have a discussion with him, and we're going to highlight the stupid because you know there's always somebody doing something stupid somewhere. But uh, I I, I want to also talk about a, just a couple of things in the news. First of all, congratulations to um, uh, Congressman. Uh, Mike Johnson, who is now Speaker Johnson, uh, the new speaker. Now, I overlapped with him a little bit. I, we were, I believe we were on the Judiciary Committee together. Um, I, you know, I met him, spent a little bit of time with him. But you know what? He's just a good, decent guy. He's just a good, decent person who is, I think, first and foremost, trustworthy, competent, um, level-headed, and just talks common sense. And, uh, you know, it was an ugly, ugly way to get there. I, I, you know, was very critical of the idea that we would change speakers in the middle of a Congress, although I was very sympathetic with the arguments that we're making, that we didn't do regular order um, on what's called regular order on our um, appropriations bills, that members weren't allowed to do their jobs that way, that they didn't vote on a balanced budget amendment, that they didn't vote on term limits. They didn't vote all these things that were promised that were going to happen and they did not happen. I, again, was still critical of making that change and the mess that we went through for, gosh, about three weeks. But lo and behold, even though I was saying out loud, there may not be anybody in the body that can garner uh, enough votes to become the speaker. Maybe we need to look outside, you know, look at somebody else who's not in the body. That's allowed under the Constitution. But nevertheless, um, finally got around to um, the congressman from uh, Louisiana, and now he is Speaker Johnson. And I think it was unanimous. I think it was 220 votes uh, that he got. And the new speaker, he has to get right after it. I thought his speech... Um, you know, kind of his first public speech after he became the speaker was pitch perfect. He said, look, we're going to get rid of all the pomp and circumstance. We got to get right after things. Doing a resolution on the floor of the House in support of Israel and, and against the terrorists and the terrorism that happened there. And then start working on other bills. That's what Congress is supposed to do. And you know, we're going to have to give a little leeway to somebody who is a brand new speaker. In my personal opinion, I think we ask far too much of a speaker. I think we're going to have to, over the course of time, redefine what a speaker's role is. I don't think it's fair to suggest that they should be responsible for passing every bill. Um, 
And I just don't believe that. I think their job is to make sure the trains run on time and that the process is good. That the committees are well-oiled and moving and doing their jobs. I think committee chairmen and the members within those committees need to take more responsibility. But we also ask the this, this speaker to be the public spokesperson for the party. We ex- expect this person to be uh, the chief fundraiser. I mean, there's a lot on their plate in order to you know do the job in today's um modern speakership. And uh, I think we need to look at redefining that and talking about what should they be doing. And I think that ultimately you put more onus, more emphasis back on the members and the committees and the committee chairman. I'd also look at the way we do appropriations. I don't I don't think there should even be an appropriations committee. I think those appropriations should happen by committee. If you're the authorizing committee, you should also be the the uh, the committee that funds and uh, you'll get a whole different response in in realm if you if you do it that way, but nevertheless, congratulations to uh, this the the new speaker out there, um, and there are other big weighty news things that are happening. We record these podcasts a few days before they actually come out, and so you know we have this horrific thing that's happening in Maine, as I originally uh, recording this. We also have, obviously, the war that's happening in Israel, and we'll get some expertise and, and uh, you know, talk in some podcasts about that in the future. But for right now, um, we're going to talk about a few other things. The one other thing that, I, that nobody saw, and I don't know, it's just kind of important to me, maybe because it's, I'm from the the one, I because I'm a, you know, a Utahn, uh, but... Uh, Four people accused of stealing a million dollars of dinosaur bones and then trying to export them to China. Uh, that That's kind of a big deal. This is like 150,000 pounds of paleontological, I can't even pronounce it, resources illegally removed from federal and state lands trying to take um, some of the treasures of the world and export them to China. First of all, who's buying these in China? And uh, I'm glad the authorities caught these people for trying to take all these fossils and and things from, in this case, particularly southern Utah, over a million dollars worth of stuff and then trying to sell it off to China that's bad and should never happen, but I'm glad the authorities were on it. And um, and I read about it in Desiree News, and I, I'm glad that they uh, they wrote about this, and we should be aware of those as well. Um, but now let's talk a little bit about the stupid, because you know what? There's always somebody doing something stupid somewhere. All right, we have to go to Eventbrite. Now, I get invitations through this company a lot. Eventbrite's a pretty nice, easy, simple way to invite people to come and participate and do things. And But sure enough, picking on Riley Gaines again. Riley Gaines simply out there saying the highly controversial thing that women should be the ones competing in women's sports. Well, she's been going around the country. I read about this on Outkick.com, and they wrote about this, about how Eventbrite was uh, not allowing her to post her events on Eventbrite. But somehow Eventbrite was totally fine, and Outkick gave them a number of examples of pro-Palestinian, hey, let's celebrate the killing of Jews type of events. Um, You know, let's celebrate the martyrs, and let's have an event with that. And that... 
So they allow that, but they won't allow. They have such tight controls on every event that goes through that they wouldn't allow Riley Gaines, uh, the big threat that she is, in being able to talk about, hey, you know what? Let's talk about women in sports. Can't have that, but of course we can do that. Come on. Eventbrite? Stupid. Stupid stuff. You want to destroy your company? Keep it up. Um, but I'm glad they're being called out on it uh, through Outkick.com. All right. Now, we want to bring on our guests because I'm excited to, to talk to him. Now, when I talked to him, we didn't have a speaker. And now we do have a speaker that I'm recording this part of it, so we're meshing that together. Um, but he's just a great guy and uh, really look forward to having this discussion with him because uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy it. He's just kind of a good you know, American who just wants to do the right thing and, and be left alone in doing it, but, you know, stepping up and serving in Congress. So let's uh, have a discussion and bring on uh, Congressman Mike Collins. Hello? Congressman Hayes, Jason Chaffetz. Hey, Congressman, how you doing? Look how formal we are. Congressman, 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 <laughs> how are you? Doing fine. You know, it's uh, it, uh, people ask me all the time, what do you think about it? And I really tell them I don't have anything to compare it to. So I guess everything's normal on my end. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You and I have never had a conversation, but I have been admiring what you're doing from afar in large part via X or whatever we call that Twitter thing these days, because <laughs> you, you, you have more candor in your X feed than most <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, it uh, it it, I, it may be it's because we're just Southerners or from the South. You know, it uh, you always look for a little levity or a little bit of humor, and, and especially right now when things are very serious. You know, you can always take a little bit of time to make fun of yourself or just poke fun at what's going on. Yeah, I I've always felt that that that, that usually works well is if you make fun of yourself and don't take yourself way too serious because you're right there are big weighty issues and things you know we're, we're having this conversation here before uh the speaker's race is, has uh, solidified itself so we that may hopefully by the time this podcast out it will have come to you know, full conclusion. But before we get into that, I, I, this is more about Mike Collins, like who you are and how you got to Congress and your background and, um, you know, your time with Leanne and the trucking company. That's what I want to hear about. But, um, I mean, any relation, I mean, we got a lot of Collins coming out of Georgia. You, you, you represent the 10th district of, do you ever bump into Doug Collins? You related to Doug Collins? I'm I'm not related to Doug at all. No, I talked to him uh, on occasion. I've talked to him several times on his radio station and, and have known him for a while. Uh, no, the only Collins I'm related to is Mac, who was Mac. congressman of the 3rd District back between 93 and 05. That, that is amazing. Uh, so I want to go back. Go, let's go back to I was born in, because I think you've pretty much grown up in, in Georgia your whole life, right? Man, I have, I have, I live right now within 10 miles of where I was born, raised, and, and about five miles from our office, uh, which has been there since the late 60s, early 70s in that same street. So, always been right there. Brothers, sisters, what were mom and dad doing? Yeah. Let's, well, you know, my parents started out in the uh, concrete 
uh, septic tank business and then got into the ready mix business when Georgia Pacific uh, moved from the West Coast to the East Coast and they needed someone to pour the concrete on some of their locations. So my parents actually wound up putting up batch plants and poured the concrete on Georgia Pacific Mills and the entire Southeast, uh, all of you know Georgia and surrounding states uh, throughout the late 60s and up until the late 70s or 80s. So uh, we were in the concrete business and in the trucking business hauling logs out of the woods. And uh, I've, I've hung around with my dad since, I guess since I was out of diapers, because I know he wouldn't have wanted to change diapers, so I had to wait till that period was over. But <laughs> everywhere he went, I was with him. Uh, I've got a younger brother who's two years younger than me, and we both just just hung out with him forever. And uh, he actually uh, was not only a uh, in private business, but uh, he also had a public life as well. He served in the county commission in the uh, 70s and then went to the state Senate when there was only like eight or nine Republicans in the entire House or in Senate on the uh, Georgia state wow. side. Yeah. And then uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, when they redistricted, he, Newt got pushed up uh, into the northern part of Atlanta. And my dad ran against a guy named Richard Ray and beat him in 92 and then served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 93 to 05, helped write the contract with America, and uh, actually sat on the House Ways and Means Committee for 10 years wow. and with uh, high school education. So, you know, brought up uh, working my entire life. Uh, I tell folks all the time, I know they, they laugh about it, but my dad woke me up when I turned 12 and said, happy birthday, son. Now be at work by seven. And unless you're going to ride your bicycle, you better get up and come on because I'm leaving. <laughs> so, you know. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's I remember a similar, similar conversation I had with my, my dad when he put the want ads in front of me and said, yeah, this summer you're going to work. I said, wait a <laughs> sec. That's not what I do. I play soccer. I hang out. I go swimming. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Those days have gone. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, and, and you've graduated. Probably- Probably like what you are, you probably feel too. The the eighties was the uh, definitely the best decade ever. Well, um, the best music, you know. of course. I mean, maybe not <laughs> yeah, the wardrobe, but in the hairstyles. But you know, <laughs> hey man, well, yeah, we all wore the polos with the with the collars turned up and had the longer <laughs> hair. Uh, and then we all went to the spiked hair, like Billy Idol. So you know, but uh, and and grew up. Uh, Dated uh, Leanne since uh, she was 15, I was 16, and then uh, got married when uh, got married when I was 21, and uh, she was 20. So, uh, you know, been married for 34 years now, and we've got two sons. She had twins the first time around. They'll be 31 here in in another month and a half. Wow! And then got a got a daughter who's uh, 26 now. She's getting married in two weeks. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've missed almost everything else though. You know, my, my family, they've kind of gotten used to me not being there. Uh, well, we that's the hardest there. part. I mean, that ultimately at the end of the day, that's why I left. I happen to love my wife and adore our kids. And, yeah. and it, it comes a point where you say, yeah, get in, serve. Now it's time for me to go home. So, you know, and I think you did it right too. How long did you serve? Eight years? Yeah. Just eight and a half. Eight. Yeah. Eight and a half. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think I think those are good round numbers. Eight, ten years. You know, people that come up here that make a career out of this thing. Um, actually, I, I I just don't think that's what we were designed to do. 
especially in the House side. And, uh, and, and in light of all of these people that have been running in, in this speaker's race, especially, I, I've kind of put that on my radar now. I'm, I'm looking for new, fresh ideas. Um, you know, somebody that hasn't been here for decades. Yeah, but, I think uh, the whole career-minded side of it. I, I kind of walked out of there thinking, yeah, there's really kind of three types of people. There's people there that they just don't know what else to do. They're kind of retired. You know, they're not really in the fight. They just show up every day. I think it's great to be there. They like the business card. Then you got people there that are just all about the power. It's not, it's, it's not driven by policy. You know, they're not driven like, hey, here's the change I want to make to America. And then that third group are the people that I admired that I related to were, okay, we have, let's actually get some stuff done because I'm not going to be here very long. I want to get some stuff done and then go home and enjoy, make the, you know, look back and say, hey, we made the country better than than where it was before. But um, you, yeah. now that you've kind of gotten your feet wet and you're experiencing a really wild ride, um, am I wrong there? Do you see it a little differently? No, you know, and, and Jason, I'll tell you, I've had a had a phenomenal career in the private sector. Uh, my wife and I, when we got married, we decided that we all weren't going to live off of those trucks hauling logs. So we started our own business and grown it to over 100 trucks now. Got three other businesses tied in with it. Our sons are running that place. And I've always said that uh, in, in, in probably following the path of my dad, that at some point you should serve in some capacity. And, and this is my way to give back. Um, yeah, it's rowdy and crazy and probably not the norm of what people who have served in the state government side. But, you know, what I the way I look at myself is probably a lot. Maybe the way you've looked at yourself is I've come up here and I am extremely conservative. I'm an America first agenda representative. Um, I, I've always thought that way. I'm a very much a free market person. But being conservative is not all you can be. It's you got to be effective. Right. And and if you can come up here and, and espouse your policy and push it as far as you can and get what you can out of it, depending on where the, the conference and where Congress sits, I think that's the way you're su- successful. I mean, you take a look at us. Now, we, I've got one bill that has already gone through the House, through the Senate, back to the House. If we had a speaker, we probably would have done voted on it and sent it to the White House. And it's a common sense bill. It's no, it's not going to, it's going to help change the lives of law enforcement and border patrol, um, but it's just common sense. And there's not too many freshmen up here that can say they've gotten a bill laid on the desk, a a Democrat president as far at that and and get it signed. I know he'll sign it. Uh, The House passed it 425 to zero. Uh, So it's, and, and then we've got another bill that's in House Ways and Means right now that uh, I, I was hoping Jason Smith and then would get that thing out of there. And because uh, that that's another common sense bill that uh, helps out the uh, the airline situation with the shortage in pilots and and aircraft mechanics. So those are common sense things. And then we carry our principles with us and everything that we do when we're looking at appropriate bill appropriations or, or whatever legislation is being put in front of us, NDAA or FAA. Um, just whatever, you know, I said on the transportation infrastructure bill, whatever we are dealing with in committees, I bring that America first marketplace conservative principles to whatever I, I'm, I'm fooling with for the day. You're listening to Jason in the House. We'll be back with more of my conversation with Congressman Mike Collins right after this. 
Well, that sounds way too reasonable. That that's you know that that you know when I was in Congress, people com you know complained about this, that, or the other. But you know, I, I was there. I was elected same time as Barack Obama. So essentially, I was there the whole time Barack Obama was president. But I passed eight bills that were signed into law, and. Yeah. And, you know, I was as conservative as anybody out there. Look at my scores and how I voted. I'd probably change a vote here and there. But I think I voted like 8,000 times. I mean, it was crazy how much we voted. <laughs> yeah. And um, But, you know, I remember it was actually John Boehner. I credit him with, you know, kind of saying, look, you can, be dis you can disagree. Just don't be disagreeable. Don't be that, you know, jerk in the room who nobody wants to hang out with. And yeah. if you do that, you'll actually have a lot of success here. And I think that was so true. Like, I would argue vehemently against stuff. I mean, pounding the table kind of stuff. But then I'd walk over, you know, laugh and joke with these guys and have fun. And, they, you know, they'd do the same. It wasn't personal. That That's, I think, where you, some people step over the line. Yeah, I would agree. You know, and, and, and my dad always gave me two pieces of advice. On, on everything I've ever gotten into business-wise or, or social-wise. And, and he always said, son, there's, there's two things. People have got to like you, and they've got to trust you. And yeah. if, if you don't have those two things, then you're not going to get anywhere. And, and the other thing you, you need to do, and, and I, have, I have a hard time with this part of it, is he's always said, if you'll just go in and keep your mouth shut, just keep your head down, keep your mouth closed, You'll learn what the problem is, and you'll see what the answers are. People will probably give them to you, and, and you'll get more done, and you'll learn more that way than if you go into the room just yelling and screaming that this is how it's going to be done. And try to carry that. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be a chairman of the board for a, a fourth largest credit union in the state of Georgia. Been on committees for that credit union for 20-plus 20, 20 years. So been able to get out and do a few other things besides just trucking. And, and uh, you know, that's two of the main principles I've always carried around with me. Yeah, I see you were the president of the Chamber of Commerce. And I think what you're saying is so true. It's so simple, right? But it's hard mm -hmm. for a lot of people. They just kind of miss the big picture here. People want to do business and be around people that they like, that they know, and that they trust. And you earn those things. You don't, you don't just show up on day one, you know. Sometimes I'll, I get these uh, young people who come and say, you know, I want to do what you're doing, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, and say, well, just do what you're asked to do. You always have, take on more responsibility than what you're going to get paid for, because they want to test you. They want to see that you could do it before they pay you. So, you know, one thing is to get in there, be the very best you could possibly be, and then, you know what, you're going to get more and more business, more and more responsibility and your career is going to be moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, and probably like you business side of us, you know, this, we come in up here on, on, on a Monday afternoon and then we vote around six 30 and then we'll probably have the last vote around 10 30 on Thursday. And that's when in the, the morning, <laughs> yeah, it's been hard for me to get used to And I'm used I, to going into work on Monday morning at six 30 in the morning. Yeah. You know, it, I like you Not put out a tweet. You 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 had an X or whatever we call it. I I love everything that Elon Musk has done except change the name of Twitter. <laughs> it just does X is not a verb. It's not. A, it's just anyway. So, but you put one out that was really funny that you were getting ready 
because you had to get there at the crack of of noon, which I thought was pretty funny. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, we can't get going earlier than this. The crack of noon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got another one coming out. You'll have to read it. <laughs> so, um, but but you know that's. I think that's been one of my biggest pet peeves. Uh, it's just the fact that. You know, I, I really, especially when we're behind the gun like we are right now, not not just speaker. You know, we we should have flown in last night. We should have started this morning with conference. We should have already had speeches and we yep. should already be voting on, on the next person that we want to put forward as speaker. But we have. not We'll do that tonight. We'll do it. We'll vote tomorrow and we'll try to get them on the floor on Wednesday. But I just think we should be flying in on Sundays, Sunday night. Be ready to go Monday morning. Let's let's rock and roll with this thing. Work till late at night. We've got appropriation bills. And Jason, I've got amendments that are sitting in CJS right now. And that thing is still in subcommittee. Yeah. And I, I need it out so that I can get make sure that my amendments get voted on so that the sport fishing industry on the entire eastern coast is not decimated by NOAA's rule. NOAA, an unauthorized agency out there who yep. barely can predict the weather is not going to kill the sport fishing industry. So we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it is know, frustrating. We, we need it is frustrating. Oh, it's, uh, it is. All right. Let's go back for a second. So you're growing up, you're in diapers, you're following your dad everywhere. We, we, did you play sports growing up? Yeah, I played, uh, I was left-handed. See, so, you know, back, back then, uh, lefties, you were either thrown in the outfield or you were put on first base in baseball. They couldn't teach you how to bat. And now you're worth your weight in gold. Right. And I couldn't play basketball because I couldn't I couldn't shoot right-handed. I couldn't run anyway. But play football. I was always in football. I had enough money in high school. I could work all year all the way up to football season. And then I'd go broke in that 10 or 11 weeks. I don't know how, but I could. <laughs> so I'd have to go back to work to, to keep enough money to, to, to date. And uh, so that was the only sport that I really played. What did what did sports teach you? You know, it, it especially I think football. There's a lot of different egos in football. I, I you know I used to get in a fight all the dang time uh, with the guy that was uh, the linebacker, um, and I was always nose guard. Uh, we fought religiously with each other. But uh, when we stepped out on the football team as a, as a team for game night, man, didn't nobody mess with him. And didn't nobody mess with me because I knew I could always look up and he'd be right there with me. There's a difference in practice and behind the scenes fighting. And then when you step out as a team, you know, you don't have – I don't have a written contract. I didn't have one with, with Rusty. Uh, but we just knew it. We were both on the same side. And we were fighting for the same cause, which was to win the game. And uh, and I think we miss a lot of that. I think we're missing that right now in conference. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing to be behind the doors and we beat the tar out of each other. Right. But when we step out there on the field, on the floor, we need to be one. And we need to already have that worked out. And and we just don't do that. Um, you know, the, the majority of the majority, uh, there's just so many things that are missing now. And, and and somehow we've got to find our way back to that. Yeah, you know, when I was there, we kind of agreed that this so-called Hastert rule, which is the majority of the majority, that was the bill that was going to come up. And if you simply couldn't vote for that bill, you need to go talk to the whip and explain it. And, and you know, that's their job is to try to 
understand that. Like, hey, you don't have to get in line here, but let's understand before we get to the floor. Now, we had a bigger majority than four, and when we were in the yeah. minority, it was easy, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's some criticism of today's Congress, uh, Republican Congress, that like, hey, y'all acting like you want to be in the minority because that's it's fun to just go lob you know, uh, bombs at everybody, so to speak, uh, verbally, I'm not talking literally verbally and, and just vote no on everything, but it's a whole different game, a whole lot more responsibility when you actually get to legislate, which is what you went there to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but if you look back in the, in the mid nineties, um, you know, I think Gingrich, he had a five seat majority, uh, when they were legislating. Yeah. And and the things that they were able to do with the contract with America, with wealth, welfare reform, you know, that was the last meaningful welfare reform that we had. And and they had to put that on Clinton's desk three times. But the third time he understood that the American people wanted it. And, uh, you know, up here, uh, big things don't happen until the American people demand it. And uh, then things get passed. And, and from the indication that we've been getting, and the phone calls and even the texts by people I don't know. I don't know how they get my cell phone number, but that's okay. <laughs> They're telling me it's time for y'all to go to work. You know, it, it's time for whatever y'all are doing up there to stop, get a speaker, put them in the seat, and go back to work. So that's that's been my message for the past two, three days from all the fall festivals that we hit over the weekend and uh, since we've been back up here today. Yeah, there's um... – you know, you, you got to fight for what you want, but you know, our founders didn't set it up to be a glide path where any one person can get everything they want. That That's the beauty of it. I, I did an op-ed for foxnews.com and I talked about this very thing, that it gets messier before it gets um, better, but this is the beauty of our system. You know, they don't have these problems in China because it's all top down. Democrats don't have this problem because they just get in line you know, it's in their DNA. They just follow like lemmings. It's the yeah. power center is up there. And so when you're really representing the people, it's going to be messy. It's okay. Oh, well. But you're right. That, yeah, that fighting behind the scenes, then you go out on the field and you're a team and yeah, you, you can't say, Hey, I, I, I was it Ronald Reagan who said, you know, if I can agree with somebody on 80% of the issues, that's my friend. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I was running, I, I used to tell people that uh, that the trucking industry is the most regulated and taxed industry that there is, yeah. Yeah. And, and I still believe that. Now a lot of bankers want to fight me over that, but uh, but I've carried that up here. And, and and what I've always said is, I I don't care. You you should just tell me what the rules of engagement are. Tell me what they are. I know what I want to do. I know what I'm looking to get done. I'll figure out how to do it. How to get through it. But I, I need to know what the rules are. Right. And, and if I can get that, if I can get those ironed out, hey, I'm good to go. Uh, because you're right. Nothing's easy. It wasn't supposed to be. And you've got to, you know, you're up here, one of 435, and, 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 and there's 435 different opinions on it sometimes. And you just got to be able to, to understand what you're doing, how it needs to get done, and how to explain it to people. At the end of the day, if it's good, then it'll pass. So you mentioned your trucking company, you know, when you, it, it's one thing to be working, getting a check and it's, and then you went to, to, to school, right? You went to Georgia, Georgia state. Went to Georgia state. Yeah. 
Um, I finished up in high school because I wanted to be married by the time I was 21. <laughs> You're listening to Jason in the House. We'll be back with more of my conversation with Congressman Mike Collins right after this. All right. So you went to night school, got that done, checked that box, got married, checked yeah. that box. Yeah. But then when was it just a foregone conclusion you were going to start your own business? Did what was the mindset there? Yeah. You know, we were sitting there. Uh, my parents said I, I basically started running the entire operation when I was 19 or 20 years old and when I was still going to college. And uh, had already done everything in the book from sweeping the floors to I think I rebuilt my first engine. Uh, I wasn't even old enough to drive. I was still I think I was 15 when I was doing that welding. Uh, then I did uh, hiring safety and then the, daily management after that uh, general manager. I didn't even have a title. So uh, one day I was sitting, I don't even know who was. I think it may have been the banker. Say, hey, you got to put your title on there. So I just uh, made myself vice president, general manager. <laughs> so I stayed sure. that way. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, when when my wife and I got married and, and I got to talking to her and she came down and went to work with me, I was like, Leanne, this is just, we just need to, we've got to diversify and, and, and get into our own line of work. Back then, hauling logs was an exempt commodity, much like hauling farm products watermelons or apples or whatever to the to the mill and so we got into the regulated side which was over the road and uh flatbed industry which uh is a tougher than anything in in, in trucking i believe and uh just grew it from there you know it's funny people uh, uh leased me equipment and then uh then i turn around and buy it when i could afford it and they leased me trailers and uh we just had really good customers and kept growing and growing and growing and, and uh it's been it's been very good we've got a brokerage department we run off of that and uh, opened up uh 98 people kept asking me what i was going to do because the the epa changed uh the regs on underground storage tanks where you had to go to double wall pipes and all this other stuff and finally i told some folks i'm going to put in my own fuel station they said thank god we've been waiting on you to say that so we've been in the uh, retail fuel business since 99. And, uh, it, you know, it, it ain't no get-rich-quick scheme, but we, we probably sell around 110, 120,000 gallons a month of various types of fuel products. And uh, then we've got to, you know, do a little bit of commercial real estate on the side. So but just poked a lot of irons in the fire. You know, you poke enough in the fire, something's liable to get hot one day. <laughs> now, a lot of people very fortunate. A lot of people couldn't and wouldn't work with their spouse. How that obviously worked for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I I will admit she's probably a whole lot smarter and damn sure good, better looking than I am. Uh, so I've been very fortunate, and you know, thirty four years of it. Um, she knows that I probably spent more time at the office than I did at home because uh, I've told her numerous times, "Man, the good Lord put me on the earth to work." And that's that's it. That's all I like to do. Uh, I, I feel more comfortable sitting behind my desk than I do sitting on the couch at the house. Uh, it's just uh, I feel like I'm not I'm, I'm not living to my full potential if I'm sitting at home watching TV sometimes. Well, that's good. I mean, that, you know, that's that's what the American way is all about. But, you know, all of a sudden you had twins show up on your not all of a oh, sudden. Man. Next thing you know, you had twins. Yeah. I mean, it's when you go from zero to two. That's yeah. <laughs> that 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 kind of changes your lifestyle. You know, you 
you may want to be in at work at 6.30 in the morning, but you may be just yeah. ready to go to bed about 6.30. Yeah, it's funny. Our kids, all three of our kids started out in our office. I grew up at the office. Um, you know, we had a, a little pen that we set up outside the office. And we, as kids, I stayed outside and stayed in that fenced-in area till it was lunchtime and I could come in and eat. But uh, <laughs> our kids grew up at our office as well. And then now my grandkids uh, have been down there. You know, so it's been really neat. I, I was telling some folks the other day, my grandson, he's he's chatterbox now. He's five, but we told him when he got to where he could talk pretty decent, we're going to have him start answering the telephone and dispatching. So <laughs> that'll <laughs> so teach they've all him. grown up. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've all grown up in the trucking, and, uh, and that's pretty much all we know. You know, it's uh, I, I, and I tell people, my sons are so much better at it than I am. Um, you know, I've got one, he took off and he does all the sales and, and the other one does all the financing side. So one's trying to make money while the other one's trying to spend it and yeah. not spend as much as he's making. So <laughs> what's the hardest thing about trucking that people, you know, an average person who's, I'm not involved in trucking, but you know, I, every time I get on the freeway, my goodness, the place is full of trucks. So yeah, I, and it's Two very things. dispersed, right? I mean, it's not, there's not like. I'm always surprised that it's so many independent haulers. It's not just some big conglomerate out there. It's never really been that. But what? No, no. What? I'll tell you some numbers. Do you realize that 98% of the trucking companies in this country are 10 trucks or less? Yeah. 95% of them are five trucks or less. So wow. the UPSs and the JB Hunts and the Snyders, they only make up 2% wow. of the total trucking. You, you think you see them more and the Swifts more, but, uh, yeah, 98% of the trucking companies are, are 10 or less trucks. But, you know, as far, people ask me about that all the time. And I, I'll tell you, government interference between that and, and not a lack of tort reform in this country has made it so hard on the trucking industry from, from a regulatory standpoint because they change the rules and regs all the time. You know, and, and, and we're always having something else pinned on us. And I think it's so easy because the motoring public, that's where our office is. You know, right. we're not we're not sitting inside four walls. So, you know, I, I always claim that these politicians, when they're riding up and down the road to the airport or to the state capitol, they see a truck and they think, well, that's who I can get that extra tax from. Or, by gosh, we'll get him off the road. We'll regulate him off of it. And, uh, you know, and that's you, you don't have to say much about trial lawyers. I mean, everybody goes home and sees those yeah. commercials of, of trial lawyers standing on top of a big truck. And, and that says one thing. Who wants to get into an industry where it's not if you're going to get sued, but when you're going to get sued? And it just really hurts our industry because it's a man. Jason, I'm going to tell you something. It's, to me, it's the most incredible industry that you can be a part of because you actually play a part in everybody's life and their lives in some respect, you know, whether it's me hauling plywood and lumber to maybe build your house, whether it's somebody hauling sheet steel, that's going to build that washing machine or dryer that's sitting in your home, whether we're hauling food products for you to eat. And most people don't think of it that way, but it's, but it's neat to be a part of an industry that has really technology is just crazy in our industry right now. I mean, we even have uh, AI, and the last trucks that we put on the road, new trucks, artificial intelligence. And who would have ever have thought that? Yeah, 
No, it, 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 it's so good for a young entrepreneur, too. And it's a great way to see the country. You can, I mean, and these people work hard. I mean, and then I see, you know, see these Democrats come along saying, well, you know, we got this Green New Deal for you, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And it's just like, do you have any concept of how the economy works? I mean, Bidenomics is not exactly friendly to it's just you know there's an effect there's an effect and they there's just oh, yeah. total lack of appreciation for the hard work that it takes to be that entrepreneur to to put those trucks on the road and then to operate them and then say oh well you're just all going to go electric yeah right yeah yeah we we drove we test drove one of those electric trucks about a year and a half ago and uh i mean it's a great truck now it's it's like a golf cart when you hit the pedal man it'll throw you right? back in the seat and it but the problem with it is it weighs 30-something thousand. It was a little over 30,000 pounds. Now, my heaviest truck that I've got today is only a little over 17,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everything we haul, they want you to, to be maxed out. So, you know, if you went e- with electric vehicles, you're losing 13,000 pounds. So you're going to put more trucks on the road to haul the freight that you had to make up for by not being able to haul over 80,000. So you just made the roads more congested. It It's less productive. You know, that's what I have been over here harping and harping is the fact that the biggest problem that we've got is congestion on the roads. If they would pay more attention and fix these roads and bridges, we just had a hearing last week and I asked the guy, well, where's, where's this money going to? Because I could name off five taxes that we pay besides fuel tax in the trucking industry. Is, 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 our, is, that, is that fuel tax going to, to pay for sidewalks, bicycles, paths, green space? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to all that. Well, wait a minute now. <laughs> I thought that the fuel tax should go to fix roads and bridges. If you would do that, it would make it less congested. We would get more productive. Trucks wouldn't be sitting, you know, we average sitting 51 hours a year mm. right now, just in, just on traffic per truck. And, and they don't get that. The Bidenomics does not understand that. And that's, you know, look at us. We're high interest rates, high inflation, high unemployment. Now, when See, you got I, those three things going on, you, you, you're not going to win. I don't care what they call it. Once upon a time, I was chief of staff to the governor. I've told this story on this podcast before. I think the Democrats do get it because they want those roads to be congested because they don't want you to drive. They don't want oh, you amen. to drive to work. They they want it to be, be more painful, more expensive. So you decide, hey, I'm not going to live out in the suburbs. I'm going to go live downtown and walk to work. That's what they ultimately want because they think that cars and trucks are evil. And That's you're going to you know, destroy I, the planet. I, I told uh, one of the agency directors last month the same thing. I said, you you don't want us to own a home. You want us to live in apartments. You want us to have government health care. You want us to, to, to ride mass transit. You really don't want us to own electric vehicles. Because yeah. if they did, they would make sure that we could mine the critical minerals here in, in the United exactly States instead right. of getting 80% of that out of China. They don't want you owning any of it. They don't even want, they want you to drink two beers a week. They don't, they want to make sure that they regulate the ceiling fan, the washing machine, the dryer, no gas stoves. I said, you want us to look for the, to the federal government for every answer. If we've got a question about our life or what we need to do, we look to the federal government and see what the answer is. 
and that's what we got to put a stop to up here. Agreed. Agreed. Now, you know, it's funny. We have these conversations and y'all get all it, we everybody is listening, gets all frustrated because uh, I think they see the same thing. But I'm glad people like you are willing to step up and and take, you know, their expertise and and for a spell, however long or short that may be, you know, um, get up there and make that argument and question those people and work on the bills that, you know, save the sportsman, for instance, out on the on the coast, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I thank you for your willingness to serve. Really do appreciate it. Now, before we end this podcast, Congressman, we have some rapid questions I need to ask you. Oh Lord, this is where everybody gets in trouble. So I don't care how many trucks you've hauled, you know, you've been hauling stuff. Um, you're not prepared for these questions. You ready? Okay, <laughs> you, you, they, they're not as hard as it sounds like. Uh, first concert you went to journey journey all right i yeah, saw man. journey journey played wasn't the original band but this past summer at the stadium of fire and provo they were really good they put on a great show um what was your hey, high school I, mascot I the first time i saw him was like 14 i think i was 14 or 15 i don't know why <laughs> my parents let me go <laughs> <laughs> yeah journeys journeys that's a good one that's a good one uh what was your high school mascot uh, it's called a cougar. Yeah, well, we got mountain lions. We got cougars here in, in uh, Utah, so that's a good one. That's better than most. Um, What was your first celebrity crush? Oh, man, Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> yeah, I had a poster. You probably had a poster. <laughs> Jeez, man, you're dating me now. <laughs> hey, oh, well, I, I'm right behind you. Look, my wife and I have been married 32 years so we're we're pretty close here. So Farrah Fawcett, that rings true. The younger people listen to this, they're having to Google that. They're having to, who? Good luck spell, spelling it. Uh, be, keep trying. Um, what's your superpower? What I mean is, hey, you know what? I can do that pretty good. I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. What, what's the what's the Colin oh, superpower Lord. that you have? Uh, I think it's just the 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 determination to keep moving. Uh, you know, like for instance, I go to the gym every day, work out with a trainer three days a week at least. And, you know, uh, oh, that's I enjoy that, that pain, you know, you, you don't work out hard enough unless you wake up the next day. So that's good. That's good. Now, if you could pick anybody in history dead or alive, um, and you could say, Hey, Leanne, guess what? Get ready, because we're going to have a special guest over for dinner tonight. Who would you want to come break bread and join you for dinner? Anybody? Um, I'll tell you who. I'd love to have Burt Reynolds over for dinner. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. That's a first. Yeah. Why Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Well, I mean, Smoking the Bandit's probably my, one of my top three movies besides Animal House. It was a great show. Um, yeah. But I just think that. I just, you, you look at the movies that you look at the movies that Burt Reynolds made. Okay. Uh-huh. That was when guys were guys. That was yeah. when a man was a man, you know? And, and it was just, uh, it was just good times. He drove and, that Trans Am. Uh, he did. And he made good money yeah. and he was having fun. Yeah. Right. Every, all of his characters. Yeah. He or was longest yard or Gator, or, you know, yeah. You, you the longest yard. That is a funny show. That is yeah. maybe not for everybody, but I, I, that was a good <laughs> show. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Burt Reynolds would be. A that's guy. a good one. All right. 
Um, unique now, talent. If, if you're talking about live or dead, if you're talking about live, I uh, I know New Gingrich real well, but I just admire him so much. I, I I like picking his brain whenever I can. Well, there you go. Um, I bet he'd get together with you if you asked. Um, unique talent that you can do that nobody knows about. Uh, well, I don't play it much anymore, but I used to play the clarinet and the piano. Wow. All right. Well, that, that is unique talent. Sax the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pineapple on pizza. It's kind of a big one for me. Yes or no? I uh, never had that. No, good. Don't ever start. <laughs> Don't, keep the reputation of Georgia intact. We had pineapple is not supposed to be on pizza. That's that's uh. for sure. <laughs> um, did you have a pet growing up? Yeah, man. We've always had a. We used to have a dog, but all our dogs were outside. You know, so we had German shepherds when I was a kid. That's good. Nobody will come messing around the Collins property with German shepherds roaming the roaming the yard. That's good. All right, last one. Uh, best advice you ever got? Um, I think a lot of those that I was talking about was my dad. Just uh, you know, people don't trust you, then then they can't use you. They 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 don't want to have anything to do with you. And I think that's just so important that. Uh, you know that people people like and they 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 trust what you're doing uh, because you're not going to always have all the answers you're not going to know them all but uh but at least if they know that you're quality person then then they're okay with it and and i think that's so important yeah that's good that's good congressman mike collins from georgia's 10th congressional district um thanks so much for joining us on the jason in the house podcast do appreciate it well i you know what i appreciate you having me on i've enjoyed it i appreciate well, you serving our country too well thank you it was an honor to be there and and you're right in the midst of it so make the most of it and uh i know you work hard i know you will and i know you'll put your best you, your heart because you love your country and love your family and can't ask for more than that. You got a good business sense, so I wish we had a whole house full of you, but um, you don't. So again, we're recording this. We don't know the outcome of the speaker's race, but go solve that for us, will you? <laughs> we're gonna start tonight. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to get off to too quick a start this week, no, but yeah. No. We got a few hours left before we have to go. <laughs> Congressman Collins, thanks again. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. See, I told you, Mike Collins is a good guy, just like a good family, and I really appreciate him taking the time to join us. I would appreciate it if you could rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, I want to remind people that you can listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Again, thanks for joining us. Rate it, subscribe to it. Uh, join us again next week. We've got a lot of good, fun stuff coming up. People with books coming out, all kinds of good, fun stuff. And uh, remind you, you can go over to foxnewspodcast.com to get uh, some of my colleagues. they got good podcasts out there. And uh, join us again. I'm Jason Chaffetz. This has been Jason in the House. Mm-hmm.